Watching at home, DCK Productions proudly brings to you the greatest podcast in the world. The greatest podcast in the world? Suck it. No, you suck it. No, you suck it. No, you suck it. No, you suck it. I appreciate it if you both suck it. Suck it! We really should stop this fighting. Otherwise, we'll miss the fireworks. There won't be any fireworks. And here we go. And welcome everybody to. I am the great and powerful king of kings, prince of all. That is awesome. Derek, how is everybody tonight? It is Wednesday. Mike, 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 hump day, Mike. Um, And I, what a day I have planned for you. So not only do I have an amazing guest that we'll get to here in a few moments, but in about an hour from now, I have an amazing, talented group of musicians based out of Maryland and the band called Unchained, and they will be on to put on a rad performance for you guys. So tonight is a can't-miss show. It's going to be freaking phenomenal. Um, and I'm a little nervous, to be totally honest with you. Um, so my guest tonight is a world-renowned psychic. He's been on you know countless... Um, you know, news programs, you know, television stations has also been named in, you know, the who's who of psychics, you know, um, you know, he's just world renowned in what he does. And, 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 you know, I've never talked to a psychic before ever. So I'm kind of curious to see what, um, what may or may not happen. So without further ado, please welcome to the show. <clears throat> Mr. William Constantine. How are you, sir? All right. How are you? Thanks for having me. Hey, no problem. It was my pleasure. My pleasure. So how's everything going with you? So far, so good. You know, in this COVID world, it's uh, it's not too bad. It could be worse, right? Yeah. could be well, a lot worse. It could be. I, I don't even want to know what worse looks like, but it could be worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. So what have you been doing uh, during this, uh, you know, this quarantine, you know, phase of our lives to uh, stay busy? Uh, what I recommend everybody do is what I do, which is um, I take a lot of time to do a lot of inner work, inner reflection, you know, product launches or, or things that I'm, you know, pro projects that maybe I've let dwindle down because, you know, uh, life happens and then and then now we're in this uh area where 
uh, you're you're able to have a lot of opportunity to relaunch projects or or you know try to get that book that you've always thought that you were going to write or you know people that have been laid off can work on uh, you know going to get a job that they want or starting their own business. So that's basically what I've been doing, and obviously still readings. Although I've been on a long hiatus from readings for a while. Uh, why is that? Uh, burnout, you know, like I think when you, uh, work with police and you're doing that type of stuff, you can't unsee the stuff that you see. So, uh, it's one reason why like police that retire have a high suicide rate, um, because they, they're just constantly impacted and have like PTSD from that. And, uh, and they don't necessarily see the crime happen like a psychic could an authentic psychic. So. So you've done a lot of police work as well. So there's, that's got to be rough. Yeah, police, government, mob. Well, shit. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, uh, that that just that that just floored me a little bit. Um, because I, I watched a, a movie or excuse me, a documentary the other day on the mob, and the stuff that happens and goes down in that is is crazy. So to be in that world in any which way, shape, or form. I can't even fathom the things that you saw. Yeah. I mean, it gets pretty intense. Nothing I could really talk about, but it, you know, it is, you know, it is pretty intense. And I think what, what's the interesting part is uh, having worked with government officials and agencies. um, And then obviously also having worked with uh, organized crime, I think it's uh, they're two polar opposites and one's out to get the other. Right. So, it's uh, it's kind of an interesting dynamic, and you gotta ride the line. Yeah, I agree with that, hundred percent. So, someone like me, um, I'm a skeptic. Uh huh. So, how do you? And I'm not asking you to. I'm just wondering how you approach people who are skeptics, and how, what makes you, you know, different from everybody else. Well, frankly, I don't give a shit if you're skeptic or not. I, I, you know, like at the end of the day, I'm not out to prove myself to, to people. I just do the work, you know? And, um, I, when I was younger and starting out to like do this professionally, I cared about winning everybody over and I cared about what people thought. And I cared when the ultra religious, religious people would, you know, quote the Bible at me or whatever. But, after a while, you just stop caring so much and you realize that you can't win everybody over. And, you know, there's there's a different type of skeptic. Like there's a healthy skeptic, which just means that you need a little proof. And then there's like the hardcore skeptic, which is, you know, somebody that like no matter what I say, they're just not going to believe. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely on the healthy skeptic part. Um, you know, my wife is a hardcore believer in, you know, everything that, uh, you know, professionally that you would do also, you know, and and spirits and, you know, ghosts and stuff like that. She's very, you know, ingrained in that world. And she absolutely loves that kind of stuff. Me, I've always been a skeptic because I've never witnessed it. I've never been a part of it to where I can say, yeah, I get it. So, you know, when you're okay, so someone like me, you know, what would you say to me in this situation? Nothing unless you were a client, to be honest with you. But, you know, I think the the uh, the biggest thing is, is 
I have I, I I've always prided myself on having ethics of mediumship. And I've walked away from reality TV deals because I don't agree with this concept of walking up to a stranger at Starbucks or in a store and just delivering messages at random to people. Because I think uh, most people are not ready for a message. Even if you pay me, you're not ready for the message, right? Mm -hmm. So like it's, it's uh, there, there's something that, you know, as a psychic, you have to be ethical with delivering the messages and you have to realize that there's a time and a place for that. And, and it has to be a safe space for them because I've brought through everything from, uh, you know, molestation connections or rape or murder or, uh, different things. And so those are like heavy topics, like, and you don't want to just walk up to somebody in Starbucks and say, Hey, you know, uh, this person's around and this is what's going on. And, uh, so you just kind of got to be a little bit more serious about it. Yeah. I wholeheartedly agree with you on that. And I've seen a lot of that crap and I, I think it's kind of wishy-washy in my opinion. So I definitely agree with you on that. That's, that's yeah. Hardcore. Um, but there's more to you than just being a psychic and, a, um, a medium, you know, you're also a life coach as well. So, you know, talk about that. Well, the life coaching really came from my own background because I had uh, I was born um, to a, basically a drug addicted mother, and uh, my journey has always been to constantly move. And I was molested, and either I was homeless for three years, ate a, uh, ate out of garbage cans. Like, I mean, if you name it, if it can happen in the human experience, I've had it, but. The one thing that I realized was that only one person attends a pity party and even that person doesn't want to be there. So I started, instead of being angry about my past and feeling like the world owed me, I had to first change my own life. So back before vision boards and stuff like that were a very popular thing, I created a vision board and I connected uh, my past experiences with five positive outcomes. And then I would reflect those on a vision board and I changed the way I saw my past. And then as I was doing readings, I was realizing that I could hear all the shoulda, coulda, wouldas from the afterlife. And I thought to myself, well, who better to be a teacher of life than those that have previously lived it? And I was realizing that there were certain messages that were coming through uh, on a consistent basis through certain readings. And so like life messages. So I started just to keep track of those and take note. And then all of a sudden my readings evolved from just being, Hey, aunt Josephine's here and says that she loves and misses you. And this is going on in your life to also like, okay, this is what you're going uh, through. And then let, let, how do we transition you to where you want to be? Um, you know, and I always had an innate understanding of the human psyche and, and paradigms and the belief systems and uh, how to replace those beliefs. So life coaching was just a natural progression. Okay. That makes, actually, that makes a, a whole heck of a lot of sense. Um, because instead of just doing one thing and, you know, basically saying, like you said, you know, your aunt misses you versus, hey, you know, this is how, you know, I can see you. That's that's actually that's actually pretty awesome of you. 
Um, it really is because, you know, most people, you know, and, and again, this is why, you know, the skeptic in me, you know, most people are just out to make a buck and it looks like you're because of the past that you're, you've had, you're out to, you screw the dollar. You're out to change people's lives and help make a difference. And that's yeah, I, admirable. I think, I think, um, we're spiritual beings first. And I think a lot of people forget that because the further into ego they go, the further away from the divine self they become. And so one of the biggest things that I try to help people realize is, is one, like a lot of what they have in their core belief system is not their own, right? It was adopted by, you know, uh, parental figures, by teachers, by friends, whatever. Like you're given your belief system. When you're first born, you don't come in with a set of beliefs like you'd love everything mm -hmm. uh, and, and everything like that. And you're not um, skeptical about things. You're, you're not hesitant, like, you know, and you learn certain things. And if you don't, if, if you go to like walk and no, a parent's not around to respond and you fall down, you're fine. You kind of brush yourself off and you get back up and you go out again. But if somebody's there to gasp or to like rush to you and make you feel like, you know, something uh, is a matter, then you start crying and so on and so forth. So you slowly start building these belief systems. Uh, and then obviously, you know, your dad might want you to go into sports and your mom might want you to be a chef or whatever the situation is. And so you're always influenced uh, by other people. And so I try to get people to return to love, which is the our ultimate divine state and operate from there and, and not a love where it's uh, cause in this reality, a lot of people love with condition, which basically means I love you if you do this, this, and this, and you meet certain criteria, but that's not true love. Like that's not a divine love. That's not what people would consider God love. Correct. So for those of you guys have just now joined us, uh, we're talking with world-renowned psychic uh, William Constantine. Um, he's also a life coach and does many other amazing things. Um, so looking back on your life, I mean, you started off with rough beginnings. Um, and I can't, I, I can't even, you know, tell you, you know, how that, I, I don't even know what that would be like. So to be, you know, to, for where you to be where you're at right now is is a true testament to who you are as a person and your character. So that's, that's just amazing. But you know, what, you know, how did you end up in this line of work? I mean, what was that first time you were like, Oh, something's, something's going on here. Some, I can, I can feel something about this person or I can, you know, what was that? What was that first moment? Like, uh, pick one. Uh, no, I think the thing <laughs> is, uh, like I was, I, I always had, um, a connection to the other side and, and I, um, like ever since infancy, I, I had connections to angels and ascended masters and, and things of that nature. And when molestation would be happening, happening, Archangel Michael would just say, let's travel. And, and I would project out of my body more like he would just pull me. Um, but until I can do it willingly, but the, um, I mean, there's a couple, like a big story that I have is like when I was, when I realized that nobody experienced life the way that I did, uh, cause I see the, the other side, like I see the living. So if you watch me in a mall and say it could be a clear path, but I'll walk around spirits. So if it looks empty to you and you see me weaving, uh, there's a reason, but, 
uh, and I want to get a bumper sticker. I break for spirits, but, um, <laughs> you know, but it's, uh, so like when I was in, uh, elementary school, there was a principal by the name of Mr. Dobis. And, uh, I had a meeting with him because we were supposed to be putting together a school play and I was going to be a weed of all things, but he kept reminding me throughout the day, uh, you know, Hey, don't forget to stop by the office. Don't forget to stop by the office. So at the end of the day, I go to stop by the office and the secretaries basically say Mr. Dobus hadn't been there all day. So I argued because I'm a New Yorker and that's just inherent in my nature. <laughs> uh, and then um, I went home. I was probably like seven. I went home kind of butthurt. The next day I was sitting in homeroom and an announcement comes over the loudspeaker that basically said that Mr. Dobus had passed of a brain aneurysm in his office the day before. So I put two and two together pretty quickly because um, I wasn't unintelligent as a kid. And, and I realized that uh, what I was seeing was not something that everybody else could see. And it was obviously his apparition or um, a spirit or I wouldn't call it a ghost, but, you know, but a spirit nonetheless. And so from that point on, I, I, I had moments where I consider it like psychic Tourette's where I would tell people things about themselves that I shouldn't know. Um, but most of the time I, I, I started learning the ethical boundaries and I would train in the, the woods with angels and ascended masters about like really how to be a medium and, and how to deliver messages appropriately, because it's not about me, you know, and if I start to project my reality on the messages coming through, then uh, I shift the meaning. So if, if somebody comes through and says something that I think is kind of harsh or, or comical or whatever, I don't change it. I deliver it as it's said to me okay. um, because it's, it's uh, not my message to, to change, right? Like I'm just a postman. I just delivered a message and uh, it's up to that person to take the message and understand it. Um, you know, so I don't do this point of reference type stuff where people uh, you know, relate the information that they get to, you know, instances in their life. And I, I, I don't see how that relates to the actual person that you're doing the reading for. So for me, it's, um, it's more about just getting the hell out of the way and letting spirit do the work. Uh, and I just deliver the messages. Have you ever been around somebody that, you know, and you're getting you're getting a lot of different messages, you know, about this person. And you've, you you know you ethically were like, you know, I'm not going to talk about it. You know, have you ever have you ever been in a situation where you're like, you know, I need to talk to this person about it? When I was younger and I didn't actually have ethics. Yes. There was I was taking a bus trip um I forget where I was going, at Virginia, I think to upstate New York. And while I was in the bus terminal, I had seen this young Puerto Rican lady with uh, a six-year-old child that was in spirit running around her and just kind of playing, uh, you know, around her and whatever. And so I thought like, oh, well, that's nice. Like, that's kind of a sweet and endearing thing because uh, I see that stuff all the time. But then I, as I got on the bus, I picked my seat. I was sitting down and I see that she's getting on the bus. So then my mantra is, don't sit next to me, don't sit next to me, don't sit next to me. And so she passes by me, 
And I breathe a sigh of relief and she doubles back around and she's like, is this seat available? And I said, sure. And then the first thing after my that came out of my mouth after that was, have you ever had an abortion? So, A, I said that to a young Puerto Rican lady that I didn't know. And then I started to try to jump out the window because, like, <laughs> I was afraid how she was going to respond to this. And I could see initially, like, the intrigue won her over. But, um, you know, and then I just, I, she's like, well, why do, why do you ask? And I said, well, listen, I'm a psychic medium. And I, you know, I see this little girl about six years old that, you know, has been around you in the bus terminal and so on and so forth. And she started crying and, and just, um, you know, letting me know like that, A, like six years ago, she had an abortion and it was a bad relationship. And then, you know, the the daughter was relaying the information like she understood. But the daughter was also, get this, willing to wait to be born to her again. So it was, um, she understood the reason for the abortion, but she also said that she wanted to be born to her again. And so, um, you know, so she's just waiting around. So she's just hanging around until the right relationship happens. So it was a pretty healing thing, but it's not something that I would do ordinarily. However, I do hear that if you get me intoxicated, I'll start doing readings. <laughs> well, I'm driving to New York and gonna get you know get you uh, drunk because I want to hear some stuff about me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, just sitting there right now, and you can answer the question honestly or not. Just sitting there right now, are you getting anything about me? Yeah, I mean, but what, like, what, like, what do you want to like specifically as it relates to what do you want to know? anything i mean you know i mean you know that i'm a you know someone who's bipolar that has you know severe anxiety and other things like that so that's nothing that's hidden um you know whatever you can tell me i, I there's my life is an open book so it, there's there's nothing that you could say that you know i haven't already said on the show so i'm just curious to, you know to what you see or you know can you know because I, I have some well, things see, in the pipeline so i'm kind of curious about some stuff Okay, well, see, now now we're getting somewhere because if you're telling everybody what I like, I don't watch your show except for I watched it when you had Courtney on, but Correct. Um, if you're saying that you've said a lot of your stuff on air, it would be unfair to ask me to like just do a generic reading. So if you have certain things that you're looking for, you know, like. Uh, I mean, most people, I mean, you're married, right? So like most people want to know about love and relationships or money and finances and that type of thing. And I, and I also think, you know, a potential book deal with you is, is more likely to happen. Interesting. Um, Cause yeah, I, right now I do have um, some things in the pipeline and pertains to the show as far as some sponsorships and some other things that I'm working on. And I'm, and I'm just hoping they kind of come through because money does suck right now to be honest well money doesn't suck the lack of money sucks. <laughs> yes so <laughs> you know um and money is but you also have to realize that your mindset is what either attracts or 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 repels money from you right so like if you're not in a if you're constantly dwelling on the fact that you don't have money then you're going to constantly be telling the universe that you don't have money 
And the universe just says, yes, like you don't have money. And so it just keeps supplying you that way because it just fills a vacuum. So, um, you know, the biggest thing is, is to, to shift your mindset and, and, and concept of, of money, uh, but also um, to trust that the right opportunities will happen because I do see money coming your way. I don't know. I can't say like, uh, you know, you're going to be a millionaire tomorrow, you know, but like don't want do me. <laughs> money, you know, I do see money happening um, and potentially you taking a stage, uh, you know, a stance on stage at some point in the not so distant future um, doing some type of a keynote. Well, that's interesting. Why you don't want to do a keynote? Well, no, because I actually uh, applied to do one oh. <laughs> and i didn't even tell my wife about that um yeah, yeah actually um there's a podcasting uh a virtual conference coming up and i applied to be one of the speakers okay yeah Interesting. um i don't know if that's it but that's that's honestly that that has yeah but your 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 thought process in a, is in alignment with starting to do more keynotes and and things of that nature and i think you're going to bring on bigger guests as well so like it's the podcast is just going to evolve and then as it evolves you're going to get more sponsorship opportunity you're going to go after bigger people there's going to be people coming to you um you know to to be on the show you know what i mean so it's just going to naturally evolve you'll have merchandise you'll start doing a little bit more stuff as uh as far as that goes Wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> just blew my mind a little bit. Um, well, thank you for that. Um, I don't even know what to say. I don't know, but as soon as you can, I take your wife on a vacation. Um, as soon as I'm, I can afford to, I would love to. Yeah. Cause it just seems like, there, it seems like there's a lot going on in her life. I know she's not sitting here, but it seems like there's a lot going on in her life. And I think she could use a distraction because it seems like um, she's the type of person that people go to, I think, and unload a lot of stuff on. And she doesn't always know how to separate herself from other people's problems, if that makes sense. Um that that's 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 my wife 100 percent. okay 100 percent. um and i can hear her stamping her feet upstairs right now um because <laughs> she's watching um damn that 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 is exactly my wife so yeah she does observe that um 100 and i've been saying that for a while um i would love to do something like that for her but unfortunately you know, it's my act um, that's put us in the situation that we're in. And I'm trying to make sure that I do everything I can to get us out. Well, that's I mean, that's admirable. I mean, first you, you I mean, first you have to own our mistakes, right? Like that's the biggest thing that people don't do is is own when they've when they've screwed up in some way um, and then be able to like fix it, you know, and, and figure and, and be like, look you know, I have your back and, and no matter what happens, I'm going to see us through. And most people just forgot how to communicate with a significant other. And that's why divorce is on the rise. And now with COVID, you have people 
that are forced in isolation together that haven't really spoken authentically to each other in years, you know, and now they realize that they have nothing in common and they, you know, and it's, and it's like now even it's even more on a rise. And it's funny because like I had uh, posted on Facebook today that I wonder if anybody has realized that we always say hindsight's 2020 and we're in the year of 2020. Right. But like, so we're in the year of hindsight, we're in the year of introspection and we're in the year of, you know, kind of realignment and, and looking at things from a different perspective. And the moment we got put into this quote unquote forced isolation, people started uh, rebelling against it because some people don't like spending time with themselves. Some people don't like looking at it from a higher consciousness perspective. Like if uh, you got laid off from your job and you don't and you didn't like the job in the first place, you could look at what it is that you really wanted to do or start applying to jobs now that you have the time to do that. Or if you're a, you know, uh, an executive and you never got time to spend time with your family, now you have that opportunity. There's always something positive happening at the same time, something you're perceiving negative is happening. It's just your choice on where you decide to, you know, spend your time. And, uh, and, and so a lot of people just need to start realizing how to look at things from a different perspective and, and how to approach something from a higher consciousness perspective and just realize that, you know, it's your life and you can live it how you want. And it's your choices that, that get you the results that you're getting, but the choices you're making, people think that they think, but they don't actually think, and they're not really making choices because 90% of what we do is on autopilot. It's all, it's all in our unconscious mind or our subconscious mind. And so oftentimes people will drive from like, say their route home and they won't remember that anything that happened on the drive, they just suddenly are pulling in their driveway. Right. Because that's because you're on autopilot. Yeah. So you, you know, we have to start making conscious choices in our daily life and we need to start, you know, looking at things. And I mean, look, COVID has done a lot of things. I mean, for the first time in like 30 years, you could see the Himalayan mountains from a hundred miles away, you know, fish are returning back to waterways that they have, haven't been in decades. And so it's like mother nature put us in timeout so that we can heal. Or you could look at it like, if you want to say God, I don't really see a separation between humanity and God, but uh, some people do. And so that's fine. But so if you want to say God put us in this timeout, then you have to figure out what we're supposed to be looking at. And and oftentimes, if you're in a timeout, it's to reflect on something that you're doing, right? Hindsight is twenty twenty means that like, you know, somewhere down the road, you're looking back to something and saying, well, geez, I, I could have done this differently. So as humanity, we have to look at why are is the way that we're currently evolving not working? you know, and, and what can we do to shift that reality and what can we do to, you know, both heal the planet, but also work with each other right now we're in this, you know, great divide. Uh, I mean, in the United States, it's more divided now than it ever has been, uh, you know, and, yeah. and you, people are starting to realize that racism never went away. Slavery is just a different evolved version of it. 
um, you know, police officers are, are killing innocent people because they're not necessarily going through, um, you know, the right psychological tests to be able to test whether or not like there's any racist bone in their body or if they're anti-Semitic or, you know, like anything that, uh, you know, you shouldn't be extremist in any way if you're going to be a police officer. Um, you know, and I think those are the types of things that we, we really need to start looking at and say, you know, uh, we, we have it all wrong. We have love wrong. We have connections and relationships. We, you know, virtual space is nice, but so is actually authentically sitting in a room with somebody and having a clear communication and a, and a heart centered communication where you're actually having dialogue. You know, a lot of people, uh, don't know how to really have authentic dialogue and they don't know how to communicate with one another. They don't, you know, people get in relationships and the man stops pursuing the woman after the first time they slept together. And so now he stops asking questions that really make her feel attractive or you like that you're showing interest in her. There's a lot of things that make a woman feel attractive, but when, when you stop, you know, asking those questions and you start focusing on you you know, the relationship falls to the wayside and then she starts to think that it's not working or, you know, like you're not interested or you don't find her attractive. And, and, you know, so you always kind of have to treat every day, like day one. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of things that you said in there that definitely pertain to me directly. Um, you know, one of the things that you mentioned was the fact that, you know, whether you, you know, were laid off and you're now you're trying to pursue something that, you know, you've always wanted to. And that's exactly what happened to me. I mean, while I wasn't laid off, I was actually terminated um, because of the show, to be honest. And, you know, now it's like, okay, so you're going to terminate me because of the show. So the show's now going to become my life. And, but I almost feel selfish in a way because it, like you said before, I, um, you know, I have put a lot of stress on my wife and my wife does feel like she's taking on a lot and she now she needs a break and, you know, stuff like that. And it's almost like, you know, I come on the air every day or I spend a lot of my day, you know, working on this and trying to perfect this. And it's like, am I making the right choice? on you know, you know, being selfish for the first time in 20 years and actually focusing on something I want to do. And, and is it going to end up paying off or is it going to end up killing my marriage and killing myself? Well, I mean, uh, first and foremost, you have to realize that like the, to be in a relationship with an entrepreneur is a difficult thing, especially if you if you're conditioned to believe the societal norms that you have to go to, you know, go to college, get this degree, go to the work, this job to work this, you know, and the thing is, is all that's nonsense. At the end of the day, there's people that have an entrepreneur spirit and, and it, they can hustle and grind to make it happen. I think the universe has opened a pathway for you to pursue this and has also incubated you in this time of COVID, right? Cause everything has a time of incubation. Babies are nine months, you know, some big, some, the bigger, the idea, sometimes the bigger, the incubation, but you know, I think, um, you know, for something like this, you've come a long way in a short period of time, but I also think, um, you know, it's trying on a spouse that that thinks differently. 
Uh, and it's not necessary. And I think some entrepreneurs get into the point where they feel like their spouse doesn't support them or doesn't believe in them. And sometimes that's the case. But oftentimes it's just a misalignment with, you know, your two different paradigms because you're obviously wanting to hustle and you're and you see the end goal, like you see the gold, right? Like, you know, podcasting could be a great income earner. Uh, you know, there, you could be able to provide for your family. And so sometimes we have to make small sacrifices to, to reach the greater goal. Right. So, you know, right now you lost your job, but you've gained this. And so I don't think you're operating at a loss, you know, and whether or not it, it breaks up the marriage is entirely up to the two of you. I mean, you have to keep the communication going and you have to show her, you know, the fact that, that it's actually moving in forward momentum. Like you have to show her, you know, like, look, uh, it's a struggle right now, but we'll get through this and we're going to build an empire together. And that's the key. The actually, to be honest with you, the it's kind of the opposite. She's the one, you know, I'm the one that's getting stressed out. I'm the one that's having my bipolar days. I'm the one that's, you know, getting really depressed. And she's actually saying the words that you just said. Um, she's the one that knows I can build an empire. She's the one that knows that I'm going to be successful. And so she's actually reassuring me on a daily basis. So it's, it's not that I'm, you know, it's not that I'm afraid of, you know, losing my marriage or losing my wife. And it's not that I'm afraid of her being, um, unsupportive because that that's completely opposite. It's, it's my own, you know, insecurities and my own anxiety and my own, you know, bipolar brain that tells me, you know, that I'm, I'm worthless. And no matter what I do, it's never going to be good enough. Yeah. But that's, that's conditional thinking, you know? And so at the end of the day, um, if you're blocking your own success with well stinking thinking, you know, like at the end of the day, like only you could change that. And, you know, by her supporting you the way that I, that I was saying, I just had the roles reversed, but like by her supporting you in that way, you should also begin to borrow some of her belief in you and know that this is going to actually work. And I think probably the problem with being a skeptic is a lot of people are skeptics in in uh, various areas of their life. And, you know, and so if you're skeptical of your success, you know, that's counterintuitive, right? Like, because in some ways you're blocking your own success from happening. And even though you're being successful uh, to this point, you're not necessarily seeing it as yourself being really successful. You're, you, you know, you might think that it's a whim or that, you know, like it's just a fluke and then eventually it's going to go away and then you're going to be, you know, left with nothing. So like you have to, you have to believe and, you know, in yourself of all things, because, uh, and the content that you're putting out there, I think is really what you want to believe in, right? Cause content is King. And so, if you're putting out really great content, people will come and, you know, and then you'll get sponsorship. You'll get the advertisers that you want. You'll get the opportunity uh, that you really want. And, and it's um, and you'll have instances where people will pick your brain and then um, uh, they'll take your advice and, and spin it as their own. 
and you know and try to do their own spinoff of your show or or whatever the situation is or and so like that's just a natural thing right like people like to ride people's success or coat coattails and um and it's it's not necessarily unfortunate um you know, and I say, like I always say, jealousy is the greatest form of misdirected admiration. And so a lot of people that, uh, you know, get jealous, they're really admiring the success or something else about somebody's life that they feel like they're lacking in their own. And they're not really lacking it. It's just they're not acknowledging that they have it. So I think you have to start creating a list of the things that are really successful. And the fact is, is that you, you got fired or let go or whatever the situation is. But at the end of the day, this podcast is now your sole focus. And that's what you needed in order to make it a success. Cause you wouldn't be where you are now had that not happened. Yeah. That's, that's the truth. I, I wouldn't be, and I wouldn't have had the uh, the, sex, the, success, eh, the success that I have had um, in the short period of time if it, that didn't happen. And you're you're you hit the nail on the head. And like I said, it's it's just you know my I, I guess you know like I said, it's with being you know the mental health stuff that I have. It's it's hard to push out the the demons in my brain. Um, I call him bipolar Bob. He likes to, you know, have a boxing match with me every once in a while and it'll just come out of nowhere. Like I've had a great last two and a half days. And then all of a sudden, for some reason, um, within the last couple hours, it's just, it, I've just been on a downward spiral and now it's like, okay, now I'm fighting that battle again. And it, and it just sucks. Um, cause I've actually been really looking forward to the, having this conversation with you. And I, and I didn't plan on asking you to read me or anything else like that. That was never part of the conversation. I, I just wanted to have an honest life coaching session with you and, you know, talk about other things like that, because a lot of people come to my show for that purpose. You know, a lot of people come to my show to hear my issues and then will relate to them. And then, Talk about how, well, if Derek's dealing with them, I can too. So that's kind of, you know, where I wanted to go. And I'm, you know, and, but you did all of that. And I appreciate that because that, that does mean a lot to me because that's what I needed to hear today. Well, and, and anxiety is, is fear, right? Like at, at its core, it's, it's fear, right? Like you're a lot of times when you're, when you're anxious, you're fear, fearful about an outcome or your fear that you don't have control. Now, control is an illusion. We never really have it. The only thing we can control is our perceptions of things and how we respond to them. So at the, at the end result, you know, when, when um, first off, I wouldn't subscribe to the belief of a diagnosis of like bipolar, right? Because I think that automatically sends to a message to the universe or to God or whatever that that you believe that you have this and, and then, you know, it's, it, it becomes a hindrance for you rather than something that could actually propel you, uh, forward. And so a lot of times when, when anxiety happens, we have to ask ourselves better questions so that we can work through the fear because fear, as they say, is false evidence appearing real. So at the end, at the end of the day, it's not real. And so we have to like, if you, like, I hate roller coasters. I don't like them. But, you know, I know if I get on one, I'm not going to die. 
I could, but I'm not, you know, most likely not going to die, but you, you can have that. So, but so that's the thing like with, with fear is especially around COVID, everybody is fearful because they don't have a job. They don't have the income source that they, that they want. They don't have this, they don't have that. And it's, and, and it becomes this, this sense of lack and suddenly they feel like their life is spiraling out of control. And that's really where anxiety comes in and panic. But that's also what the media is shoving down everybody's throat every day, you know, because <clears throat> um, I've talked to doctors that are told specifically that uh, even if it's natural causes or some other death uh, cause, uh, that they're to put COVID-19 as the cause of death. Yeah, I've heard so, that too, yeah. You know, and so at the end of the day, that means the death numbers are inflated. But get this, there's a 130% difference between the success rate of people surviving COVID than there is those that die from COVID. Now, granted, when you're elderly, you could catch the common cold that could turn into pneumonia and you could die. That's just like you're more susceptible to things as as elderly. Mm hmm. But also, when you look at viruses and the nature of a virus and, and stuff like that, you also have to look at how come we're the only country that is really struggling with COVID? It didn't originate here. There, a no. lot of countries got it. And now we're the only one that is still fighting it. Um, and we're, we're not really fighting it. We're just telling everybody to hide in your homes. And, and it's proven that like vitamin D, which comes from the sun, could actually, it's helped cure other viruses of the past that are part of the COVID family. So you have to wonder why are we all sheltering in place and why are we all living from this place of fear? And when you wear a mask, uh, you know, not only do you look like a bank robber, but like at the end of the day, it's just, it's... Um, Everybody is touching their mask. They're always grabbing at their face. They're always like pulling it down. They're adjusting it. They're doing, you know, so they go from touching surfaces, which they still say that, I mean, they've wishy-washy with how you get COVID, but they say that like it was on surfaces. And so then when you touch a surface and then you go and adjust your mask to pull down to talk to the, you know, teller or whatever, and then you pull it back up. Now, if you've potentially touched COVID, now it's the, on the inside of your mask and you're inhaling it directly. Not to mention, most masks don't release all your CO2 that you're breathing out. And so people are getting lightheaded and dizzy from wearing masks. You know, the New England uh, Journal of Medicine had said that like COVID requires really two things, which is one, uh, close proximity for prolonged exposure, like 30 minutes or more. And so the social distancing doesn't really make a whole hell of a lot of sense. Now, masks make sense in a clinical setting, you know, and masks make sense if you've been diagnosed as being like COVID positive, which the tests for COVID are only like 60 to 70 percent accurate. They're not they're faulty at best. So, you know, it's it's like at the end of the day, like if you test positive for COVID, yeah, put on a mask so you're not spreading the the virus. But, you know, people staying at home and not being able to live their life or being afraid of going out for walks. I, I mean, I go out for walks every day. I'm, you know, I do wildlife photography. So I'm constantly outside. And most of the time when I'm in the store, I don't wear a mask unless it's absolutely mandated. 
but um, I'm also not buying into the fear. I'm not buying into the the fear of the pandemic. And I also believe that if I caught it, I would like any other virus. Like what happens when you go to the doctor? The doctor says, well, you got a virus. It's got to run its course. There's nothing really that we could do. It's just got to run its course. And then bada bing, bada boom. They might give you some antibiotics or some other stuff. Um, but they don't really know what to do with a virus. And that's why they call it practicing medicine. You know, like we don't, you know, like we, and I believe all cures are in nature. And so I believe one reason why, like I, I've, I, like when COVID hit, I was in Alaska taking photos and I was staying in a hostel where there was a bunch of people from China and Japan and all sorts of, you know, places, but I didn't get COVID. And I'm not saying that COVID doesn't exist. I just don't think it's as big of an issue as, as the media is pushing it out to be. Um, you know, and, and I also think that our, we don't have government, government, like on state level that is actually coming up with a coherent plan on how to solve COVID. Every, every state is doing their own thing. And they're, they were like, it's like it's three blind mice and nobody knows what the hell the other one's doing. And, and there's no plan of action to say, this is how we prevent COVID yet. We're not really even touching out to other countries, mostly because we're ostracized from them. But like we're not asking other countries that have this under wraps, like how did you do it? Like what were the action steps that you took? You know, we're not having authentic communication. Now that could be because we have our fearless leader that uh, has, in a lot of ways, ostracized the United States from other countries or, um, in some way, insulted them. But you know, I think it's it's um, it, this isn't a Trump thing. I, I think. COVID is definitely being used for political reasons right now. Yep. Um, but, you know, like COVID didn't, it's not like Trump said, okay, let's release COVID so that we can delay the election and I could potentially get Kanye West to like run as a president candidate so that we can get votes from Biden. You know, not say, you know, and so the whole thing is, is that people have to look at COVID as, you know, it's teaching us something about humanity and it's teaching us something about ourselves and it's giving us an opportunity to better ourselves in some way, whether that's realigning with a for long forgotten passion or reconnecting with your spouse and learning how to love each other again, or, uh, you know, like connecting with your kids or whatever the situation is. There's so many opportunities that COVID is doing for us that so many people are focused on what it's, taking away from us and it's not really taking anything um you know except for what we allow it to take yeah i i definitely agree with you on that because i mean it it's you're right it, nobody knows their ass from the hole in the ground at this point with with what they're doing i mean you know governor head up trump's ass in florida you know talked about how great it was to have the kids back in school but yet you know virginia like where i'm at right now it has all their schools closed still so you know it's it, it you know who who's right who's wrong and we don't even know and it's it's confusing and it's weighing it's weighing on people's you know mental health big time um uh, because we don't know where where tomorrow is going to be and that's sad well <sighs> Tomorrow's tomorrow. Today's today, you know, and I, and I think 
that's the problem with humanity is a lot of times they're either stuck in the past or they're stuck in the future and nobody's actually living in the now. And, you know, and, and you can't fix yesterday, you, you know, but, but you can make a better tomorrow by living now and really doing things that, that are benefiting you. And I think, you know, most people just, they, they don't, they've never really had a great role model on how to live life and how to live our best life. Like nobody knows what that looks like for them. And, you know, and so they live in this, this place of fear and, um, panic. And I think that's one of the biggest things that like people need to realize is that your life is, is your own and, and whether you make it successful or you don't is entirely up to you and, and how you perceive success is how I differently than how I perceive success. So it's not for somebody else to say, you know, okay, Derek, you're successful or you're a loser or, you know, like that's only your, that's only your job to align to, to that belief or, or not. And, um, you know, when I, everybody gets negative thoughts where they doubt themselves or they, they're not necessarily sure, but it's on the edge of, it's on the other side of our comfort zone where we truly begin to live our best life. And, and that's where we truly begin to have a, a real life and a real human experience, you know, and, and when you are dialoguing with another person, how I look at it is I'm dialoguing with another aspect of myself or God, or however you want to see it. Cause I don't believe that there's a time and space where I end and God begins or I end and you begin. So when we're having this dialogue, I think that I'm having a conversation with an aspect of myself that I may not choose to exist or accept that exists within myself, right? So I am authentically listening to the other half of the conversation, which in this case doesn't happen to happen a lot, but you know, like I think, you know, when you're having that, it's, it's about authentically listening and realizing that there's another perspective that you can have and you can grow from every human interaction that you have. And it doesn't have to be declared positive or negative you know, and, and we, we control what we project on it, right? Like the value of a dollar is a, it's a piece of paper. It really doesn't have a value. And now we don't even really deal in physical money anymore. We got this virtual stuff with like plastic cards, you know? And so like, you know, there's no real money, like, and it drives me nuts because like when I go into the store, I'm like, you know, there used to be a fucking day where you could go in and actually pay cash and walk out and not have to answer surveys, ask questions, get, you know, give you my phone number, ask my address or the zip code or all sorts of weird stuff. Like you used to just be able to go take your stuff and leave. There was no, none of this other like 50 million questions on a machine, sign the thing, enter in your pin code. Like now, we've complicated it. Like technology has complicated it in a lot of ways where it should have streamlined it. Mm -hmm. Now you have people using social media to send inappropriate messages to female models or, or I mean, it primarily, it happens to them. I mean, I've been sent a photo from a guy who had a sex toy in his rear. And I just said, look, thanks for the photo, but please don't send me this again. But I think, the thing is, is like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that happens, like, especially to females. I have so many model friends and clients that, you know, get, uh, they'll get like, Hey, Hey, 
how are you? Like, want to have sex? Like, just stupid. Like, guys are bold online. I don't yeah. understand it. Like, and then they send private area pictures. And I'm like, look, you wouldn't go into a store and just whip it out and wait for a girl to respond. You know, like, so I don't understand where, like, this social media stuff is actually helping create authentic communication. It would be great. It has the potential to do that. It has the potential to really help unite the world if we weren't being so self-serving with everything. Yeah. Even as a man, I, I still don't understand the whole dick pic thing. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, it, it, in what world does, does a man think, hey, I'm going to send my dick to this woman and then I'm going to have sex? I, I still don't get that. I, <laughs> in what world has it ever worked? Did it ever work in the world, real world? Where you, like you said, where you walk up into somebody in a bar and whip it out and like, hey, it's never no, worked in the real and, world. And you'd be, you'd be arrested. <laughs> You know, like, so, and that's the thing is it's like, there's this false sense of security that social media allows people to hide behind. And, you know, and ultimately that's, that's a problem. And it's a problem, especially for females, because especially after all this me too movement, that's still sexual harassment, right? Like yeah. you, there's bullying online, there's sexual harassment online. Everything has just migrated online. Like there will probably be a time when we don't have TVs. Everything's just on cell phones or computers or iPads or some other device that hasn't been invented yet. And, you know, and like we're slowly becoming lazier by society standpoint. You know, um, it's more expensive to eat healthier than not. It's um, which is why we have obesity on the r rise. We could literally cure hungry hunger probably in 30 days, but nobody wants to do that because it's about, uh, you know, feeding the cash cow, you know, and there's different industries that run everything like agriculture and big pharma, you know, and so people don't want to admit certain truths. And I think, you know, if you want to be a conscious human being, you have to ascend into higher levels of thinking and you have to really start thinking for yourself and start looking at things and and doing a deep dive and ask yourself, you know, like question yourself on why you feel a particular way about something or uh, where that belief came from and, and why you have it. And is it serving your highest and best good in this moment? If not, let it go. You know, people think that personal sacrifice is is about sacrificing what we want uh, to, to so that we can continue having the experience that we're having. No, personal sacrifice is sacrificing the things that don't, no longer serve us that are preventing us from getting that which we want. You know, and so like if you want to lose weight, but you spend a shit ton of time on the couch, you sacrifice fucking couch time and you go out and you take a walk, you know, like you do something. If you want to write a book and you're spending all this time delaying it you sacrifice the time that you're that you're whatever you're filling your time with and you say okay i'm going to take an hour or two a day uh, an hour in the morning an hour in the evening and i'm going to start writing this book i'm going to put together a book proposal i'm going to do what i need to do you know if you want to go back to school you make time for it you sacrifice something that you know that no longer serves you right like and sometimes it's people hang on to friendships that no longer serve them. And you could have friends that hold you back because they're afraid of your ascension. They're afraid that you're not going to take them and you're going to rise to bigger and better success than them. And then, 
you know, and then what? And then they're left in the dust. You know, look, some people come into our life for a season. Some last a lifetime, you know. So, but it's not our place to say, I want you, you're only here for a season, but I want you here a lifetime. No, like who cares? If, if you lose a friend, you lose a friend, move on. You know, life is too short to get caught up in minor details. You know, it's, it's, there's so many people, what is it? Nine billion in the world or some nonsense. Yeah. The, the world's over, yeah. The world's overpopulated. There's plenty of people to be friends with, you know, and you want to, there's this, you want, you're, you're a direct reflection of the five closest people to you. Right. So like if those five people don't reflect the lifestyle that you want, change it, meet new people, reach out to different people. There's, you know, five degrees of separation from you and anybody else in the world. Think about that. I mean, like literally, you know, life is not that complicated. We complicate life. We do hundred percent. I, we do. And I believe that, you know, the more, you know, we, we get down to the, who we really are and the truth behind each individual person, you know, as a whole, the better off we'll all be, you know, once we realize, you know, that it only takes the, it takes somebody being true to themselves in order to be true to the outside world. And I think a lot of people are, again, face, you said it, you know, hiding behind Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or whatever the case might be. And then when it's time to be real in the real world, they can't do it. Well, yeah. And everybody is looking for internal happiness in the external world. They're looking for the external experience to, to allow them to feel something about themselves. That's the reverse of how you're supposed to do it. You know, and so um, how you feel about yourself is a direct, your outer world reflects that. So whether or not you're successful or not, like you have to feel successful on the inside first, and you have to, you know, acknowledge the different success that you have, you know, and I think that's the biggest thing is most people just, you know, they're not focused on that. And they, you know, they don't really know how to live life. Uh, from that perspective. And I, you know, it took me a while to come into my own awareness. Like I, I mean, granted I had angels and ascended masters teaching me, um, which is interesting. And then I had my own life experience, which taught me even more uh, because I mean, when I was homeless for three years, that's where I experienced what I consider the dark side of humanity, because there was a lot of, it was probably my biggest like growing period because you actually learn that people, can ignore somebody and pretend that they don't exist. Like, you know, like you're worse than gum on the bottom of somebody's shoe. Like if somebody sees you and you're homeless, like they'll, they'll see you and then they'll cross the street or they'll just walk past you and they don't, nobody cares. Right. Like, and it's like, how are we as, as divine beings that that's filled with divine love and that's our true state of being, how are we able to ignore somebody else who is suffering or experience a less, you know, um, a hardship that maybe we're not doing, you know, like, and so, you know, like when I got back on my feet, I ended up having homeless people come and shower in my place and, and shave and whatnot. And I, and I either made them a meal meal or bought them a meal, but, you know, I, I think, you know, humanity could learn a lot from just, listening you know like we could we could probably end war and all sorts of stuff like people go to war for their god and and and, and this and that and we're, we're that's what they say but we're really going to war for resources 
and and stuff like that. So I think if you if you all negotiated and you shared and you did certain things, and at the end of the day, the resources are owned by nobody. Like it's Mother Nature that that owns the resource. So if you continue to rape and pillage the planet, there's repercussions that happen. You know, and I think that people need to start realizing that and realizing that like, you know, mankind has been dethroned by Corona, you know, and, and you could show that like something as tiny as a little germ, you know, can bring humanity to a halt and shut down governments, countries, you know, like, and cause people to like live in fear and panic. And at the end of the, on the other side of the spectrum, mother nature is healing and the planet is, you know, uh, trying to create some type of a balance. And so mankind is really meant to have that, you know, hindsight's 2020 reflection where they realize, you know, maybe we have this all wrong and how are we going to use COVID to become better humans, both, you know, as, as, uh, you know, a race to human race, but also for the planet, like, how are we going to really truly live a better life and how are we going to change things and, and, and make an, a legacy and an impact on, you know, the planet. And also, you know, how are we leaving this to our children? Oh yeah, definitely. And I think about that all the time. I mean, I have three daughters, you know, uh, 18, 13 and nine. And I always think about, you know, you know, the world that was given to me wasn't that great. And I'm hoping that, you know, the world that we give them, you know, is better than, you know, I hope that I can change the world for the better than what I left it in, what I came into it in. And I hope that it's better for them, you know, than what I had it in some cases. Yeah. But that's also where you take something like this podcast and you realize that you're building a platform, you know, and, and you bring, and you talk about real issues in the world and you talk about things, even if it's uncomfortable to talk about, Oh yeah, you know, like, and, and that's, the, and that's the thing because, People that run away from uncomfortable topics are just living in their comfort zone, you know, but like we have to face the uncomfortability of stuff so that we can break through and figure an, an actual fucking solution to something. If you keep running from it, you're never going to come to a solution, you know, and, and, you know, and so like, that's the thing. It's like, okay, well, how do we solve this? And, and we have to ask ourselves better questions, both on an individual level, but also as humanity. Like we have to really look at what we're doing and the impact that it's taking. Like, you know, take the United States and what we've done to Native Americans who are basically living in concentration camps, but we call them, you know, reservations, you know, and, and we think that that's okay, you know, that, uh, that we came over as immigrants and brought a nation to its knees and give them a little plot of land and maybe a casino or two. And then, you know, like a tax break here and there. And, and we think that that's okay. And we don't give them like medical coverage and all that other stuff. But yet, you know, uh, we just consistently like think that we're the best in, in certain things. And I, you know, but that's not fair to Native Americans, nor like we came over and we owned human beings. That's why it was funny when Donald Trump was running for president and he was like, make America great again. I was like, when was America ever great? Like when? Like, you know, we, we built this country by slaughtering a whole na nation of people. We oppressed women. We built it on the backs of slaves and we raped and, and killed them 
you know, to our own devices. Like we, this country was never great. Might have been better than some countries, but it's was never great. And we were built on ideals that might have been great at one point that have to be evolved and upgraded. You know, like say the electoral college in in that situation. Yeah. Uh, you know, because like when you look at it from the situation of Hillary won by three million votes. You know, how did the Electoral College, which only exists in a certain amount of states, swing the number of votes that much to get Trump into office? Well, then you have to think logically that the Electoral College also is comprised of a lot of business owners and business people and people of wealth. So, of course, they could swing the, the vote. But, like, you know, you just have to look at systems and say, look, does this really serve us anymore? And we have to, you know like really learn to love one another and, and help one another and not with um, expectations of anything, you know, and, and it's, that's what it's all about. I know we're running on time, probably over time. I talk a lot. That's fine. No, I appreciate it. Cause you know, you've given me and you've given my listeners a lot to think about. Um, and especially me and I, you know, I appreciate your time. Um, the things that you said tonight to me, I'm definitely going to take off the air and really kind of sit down and, you know, talk to my wife and really kind of center myself and really, really think about what you said, because you're, I think you hit the nail on the head in ways that I never expected. Well, maybe you're a believer now. Who knows? I think I'm more of a believer than I was before. Definitely. Yeah. Um, Cause especially with that keynote thing that, that threw me off guard. Um, that hit me pretty hard there. <laughs> you, I'm usually not the one that's speechless, but you made me speechless in that moment in time. <laughs> so, um, William, let me tell you, man, you, you know, you're an inspiration. You know, the things that you came from to what you are today, and using it for good instead of evil, um, is completely admirable on ways that I can't even describe. So um, where can people find you and where can people uh, contact you to, for any type of issues that they may or may not have? Well, on Instagram, it's uh, WM Constantine. Uh, and then my website, psychicwilliamconstantine.com. The photography is williamconstantine.com. Uh, and then pretty much they all link to all the other stuff. So I'm pretty accessible. And or you just Google William Constantine. Constantine the first yeah. Thing that, yeah. Yeah. That's that's how I was able to find you. Before you even sent yeah. me your packet, I was able to find you pretty quickly. Yeah, I um, dominate Google. So that's there you go. That's how you do it. SEO, baby. Yeah. <laughs> but again, William, I can't thank you enough, man. Um, I appreciate this very, very much. No, I mean, thanks for having me and thanks for doing what you do. I mean, you know, it's not easy taking uh, a leap of faith and and doing uh, a podcast and and trying to reach an audience or trying to share a message or whatever your goal is for the show I don't really know um uh, uh you know judging by the name it seems a little edgy um you know so like I think that's what you're trying to do is I think you're trying to challenge societal norms and you're trying to talk to movers and shakers that that actually um could provide different insight you know and and uh, that takes courage. And so like, thank you for that. I appreciate that. Um, and I definitely will want to have you back on again. Um, cause this was a great conversation. I feel like we could talk all night. Um, like you're, you're awesome. And I would, I really want to have you back again. Um, but 
I will definitely keep you keep in touch with you. I have all your contact information and um, I appreciate you very, very much. All right. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hey, no problem, man. You have a good day now. Yeah. All right. Um, holy shit. Woo. All right. So we're going to take a quick break. Um, pause for commercials and we'll be back with the band unchained. Guys, ever wonder how I get this manly beard looking so good? It's all because of Viking Revolution. And at Viking Revolution, not only can you get some great beard bombs, but you can also get some great beard oils, as well as some awesome quick shower pads, which helps prevent you stanking up after the gym. Also, these great wet wipes, which help prevent, you know, stanking after you know, going doo-doo. And also some pomades and some other great products all at Viking Revolution. So you do yourself a favor, go to dcproductions.com forward slash sponsors, click on the banner, and get yourself some of these great products. Viking Revolution, join the revolution. Guys, have you ever wondered how you can help support the channel and also look fucking cool in the process? Go to the link down below, www.dckproductions.com forward slash shop to get the awesomest merch on the market today. Whether you just want to get one of our plain logos in one of our many different colors, or if you want to get one of our cool graphic tees that just are funny as hell, the choice is yours. But definitely pick up your choice of any one of these shirts in any color, any size, any style that you choose at www.dckproductions.com forward slash shop or click the link in the bio. Thank you, guys. And again, all the links are down below in the description of this video. Um, if not, I will post it to um, Facebook and Twitter as well. So, are we ready for some metal? Are we ready for some good fucking Maryland rock? Because I sure as hell hope so. Please welcome Unchained. What's up, guys? Nothing much. You guys ready to kick some ass? Oh, hell yeah. All right. Well, then I'm going to leave you the hell alone. I'm jumping off screen. And you guys will sit there and rock it. It's the, show, the show is yours. Thank you. How's everybody doing out there tonight? And uh, how are you doing, Derek? I'm doing great. I just had a, a weird and enlightening conversation with a psychic. That was that was some freaky ass shit. Let me tell you. Huh. <laughs> so yeah, I'm all right though. I, I didn't catch part of it because I was doing vocally dokely stuff. Uh, <laughs> um, what all did you to chat about? A lot. I, I mean, it was it was it was all over the place, but it was it was quite interesting. I mean, uh, it was not what I had expected. Put it that way. I definitely understand that. I, I was a skeptic going into that conversation, and I'm a little bit changed now. I mean, that guy was that guy's uh, freaked me out a little bit. I'm a little um, 
I'm a little uh, uh, a little fucked up in the head right now. <laughs> we all understand that, don't we? Oh yeah, I'm fucked up in the head all the time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess it doesn't really change how I, from how I normally am. So whatever. <laughs> all right, uh, we got a we got another song. Well, we got a bunch of songs for everybody out there. Um, this is a song that I wrote while I was. Uh, you know, in my mom's basement. And uh, yeah, that's kind of where I live anymore. Um, this song is called uh, Black Magic. Thank you. 
All right, all right, all right. While they're changing their their uh, guitars back around, <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. I know, right? <laughs> Sorry, I, we uh, sucked. Our backing track was off a little bit. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna fire that sound guy one one of these days. That, that sound guy's me, though. Get out. Oh. <laughs> Hope we got all the technical difficulties uh, straightened out out there with the uh, the symbols and everything. Yeah, that, that was better. Yeah. Awesome, 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 awesome. All right, hopefully my pedal can keep up with uh, this next one. Uh, if you guys like uh, a band from the 90s called Alice in Chains, this is a song by them. So uh, let's give it a whirl, guys.
good out there unfortunately yeah. you can't answer us um we're gonna do another cover song this is a song that influenced all of us to some degree yes it um, did <laughs> derek helped write it in his brief stint in metallica when he went by the name dave mustaine yeah um, yeah those days back in the 80s i don't remember much of it this song is called uh wonderwall <laughs> Take 
everybody um michael maverick here he, he uh wants to show you what he can do on the six string uh, 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 uh. 
what, 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 the, what the hell are you doing? I don't know, man. I need, I need my juice. Hold up. That's better. How many of you guys like, how many guys out there like winning, huh? Everybody likes winning. Right? You might want to call them uh, sometimes hot. And uh, well, this song is dedicated to all those women out there. We love you. And uh, well, Derek, I might need a better microphone for this one. That is true. Hit me, it's good. All right. I wanna be your friend. I wanna 
Shall we? All right, all right. Uh, Michael's getting all tuned back up. How many evil people are out there? I wish y'all could tell me because I, I like hearing that stuff, but <laughs> hey, we got a hands up. <laughs> um, this next one, uh, it's an old Diamond Head song that Metallica covered. <laughs> um, it's called Am I Evil? Hit it.
how many of y'all out there knew that old song? <laughs> I rearranged the lyrics, obviously. All right, this next one, this is a song that's on iTunes. <laughs> iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Napster, Dance, Pornhub, anywhere you want to find it. Napster, including LimeWire, too. This song is a song that we all pitched in and wrote. Everybody in this band had something to do with this song. It's very important to us. It's uh, very more, more on the serious side, more on the heavier side of Unchained. This song is called 1,000 Times Goodbye.
Y'all kicked ass tonight, man. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you very much. much. Despite the, the little technical difficulties at the beginning, y'all kicked some ass, so I appreciate it. We appreciate you having us, man. It was pretty yeah. awesome. <laughs> hey, that's what I'm here for. You know, I mean, I use my platform to do many other things other than just talk. So um, I'm glad that I'm able to, uh, you know, help, you know, you guys out and many other bands that are still lined up to come on this show over the next couple of weeks. Tomorrow night, we've got, who do I have tomorrow night? I don't remember. Um, that would help, wouldn't it? I know they opened for Dalskin. Sorry for interrupting. <laughs> uh, Words for Hands is tomorrow. There we go. Uh, Words for Hands is tomorrow. And then I've got the Holly Montgomery band coming on soon. I've got um I've got so many good bands coming still. Um I can't even think of, I can't even list them all. Uh it's ridiculous. So I mean it's let's see here. Let me pull it up so I can tell everybody here. Um so uh Words for Hands is tomorrow. Then I got Eben Nova next week. Uh, Once Revealed is next week as well. Michael Wasker, Michael Wosky and the Underground Weathermen is next week. Excuse me, two weeks. Pillbox is in two weeks. The Foglings is in two weeks. And also, like I said, I've got um, the Holly Montgomery Band coming on soon. Um, Flying Jacob as well, but none of them have dates yet. And then uh, that's that's pretty much it. So I still got one, two, seven more bands coming on in the next couple weeks. So. Nice. That's, it's That's awesome. it's sick. I mean, I, I enjoy doing this, and I you know, I we can't go to concerts, and y'all can't play a concert. I thought I know you guys just played one recently, but it's not the same. Um, you know, I I, I would love to nothing to be able to go um, to have saw my Ice Nine Kill show back in May, and you know got you know booted till october but i doubt that's even gonna happen then and you know so you know what we need to we need music in our lives and i'm glad i was able to bring music you know today you know through you guys so i appreciate it thank you and you're welcome (laughs) and we definitely appreciate you bringing us on the show man it was pretty awesome you got a pretty cool podcast here you got all kinds of good stuff so it was definitely definitely pretty cool man you know a lot of diversity on your show and a lot of a lot of different stuff so it's pretty cool to see stuff like that well, I appreciate that. Y'all just continue to fucking kick ass, and um, I will definitely have you back on the show one day here soon. Awesome. We're looking forward to it. Hey, man, y'all continue to do what you do, and um, good luck to you guys in you know, getting through this you know, safely. Thank you. We will. definitely will. Definitely no will. problem, man. Y'all have a good one now. You too, man. Peace out, everybody. Peace. That's it. What a fucking night it's been. We had a great guest with um, William Constantine and then, you know, Unchained just fucking killed it despite the audio technical difficulties at the beginning, but we got that fixed pretty quickly and we moved on from it and they just fucking rocked the house. Tomorrow night, you know, we got another great show liked up for you, lined up for you. I've got comedian Ike Avelli coming on. Um, and then, like I just said, um, words for hands will be on after them at nine o'clock. So come back tomorrow, 8 p.m. East, 5 p.m. West for again, comedian, excuse me, Ike, Ike Avelli and words for hands. It's going to be another fucking spectacular Friday Eve 
here on fucking suck it podcast i appreciate you guys from the bottom of my heart i love and appreciate you guys more than you will ever know so stay healthy stay happy stay heavy and we'll see you tomorrow but until then peace